Hi there, you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 218. If you have a Facebook page, that is awesome. If you have an Etsy shop, that's amazing. But if you have your own website, you actually own that piece of land on the internet. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and I'm thrilled that you're joining me here today. It's finally summer here in Chicago, and I spent the past weekend planting flowers on my patio and tomatoes in my vegetable garden. There's just something special about the sunshine, fresh air, and new plants that does my soul so much good. You know, starting from a new slate, whether it's a fresh dirt bed or relating it to business, a blank computer screen always presents so much hope and opportunity. And this is what I have in store for you with the show today. Opportunity. We're going to talk about your company brand and website development. A lot of you have been mentioning in the Gift Biz Breeze Facebook group that this is your current project. Either you're building your website now or you're doing some updating and refreshing of your current online presence. Definitely grab your pen and paper for this one. You're probably going to listen to it more than once. I'm super excited about what you'll have when we're done. A complete brand portfolio specific to your business and a checklist of the important elements for your website. Like a fresh flower bud opening to all its glory, this is what can happen to your business when implementing what Lindsay has to share with us today. So no more delay. Let's get straight into the show. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Lindsay Johnson, who is the owner of Verity & Co., helping small business owners grow and scale their brands through cohesive design and effective messaging. She's passionate about branding, copy, and web design coming together to represent a business that will make an impact and leave a legacy. Creating a marketing message that connects with your audience and supporting it with a beautiful design is how her two passions of conversational writing and minimal design collide to serve product and service entrepreneurs in a unique way. In addition to Verity & Co., Lindsay is a wife and mother. She homeschools her three children and loves to hang out on the beach of Lake Superior near their home in rural Wisconsin. Welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast, Lindsay. Hi, Sue. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I am really thrilled that you're here, and we are going to go through a topic that I know a lot of our listeners are going to be really interested in. But before, I'm a traditional kind of a gal, so we have to start this show the same way every time, and that is by having you share a little bit of yourself through description of a motivational candle. So if you were to describe a candle that resonates with who you are as a person, Lindsay, what color would your candle be and what would be a quote on that candle? This was a little bit hard to pick the color because I love color, but I had to come back to just a white candle. I think that represents me the best. If it wasn't white, it'd probably be like a light blue, but we're going to go with white. And the quote that 
I would have on my candle is one that actually inspired me in the very beginning when I started my business. And it's kind of a non-traditional quote by Leonardo da Vinci. And it says, it had long since come to my attention that people of accomplishment rarely sat back and let things happen to them. They went out and happened to things. So that was a big motivation for me to actually jump in and start my business. Love it. And this quote is fabulous. I've never heard it before. But I think that's now the mentality today of all of us of entrepreneurs, don't you think? You know, it used to be that we would sit back waiting for someone to say, you're good enough. Yes. Or someone would say, okay, you can have a radio show or your design work is good enough. We'll put it in your shop. But now we get to take the reins. Yes. I think so many of us used to wait to be approached to be able to do something or to be gifted permission to do something, when in reality, we just have to sometimes dive in and try and see what happens. Agreed. And Leonardo knew that way back then. I know. I know. It's a quote that always blows my mind because it's from so long ago and yet so applicable to us today. Right. And we're actually starting to actually do it now. More of us anyway. (laughs) Finally. Yes. (laughs) So tell us a little bit of your journey as to where you've gotten to today. Yeah, so I started freelancing in 2014. I was actually kind of a VA before I knew what a virtual assistant was in the online space. And my boss taught me marketing aspects. He taught me WordPress and web design. And I was able to kind of weave my writing skills and my love of English into working with his clients. And when that company went a different direction, I chose then to kind of go out on my own and seek out clients for primarily web design. And throughout the years, that morphed into what it is today, which is a full service company that offers web design and branding design and also the writing. So your marketing message, which makes a business cohesive and polished because the marketing message that you're speaking to your audience is also in line with how it's presented on a website. So all the things kind of flow together to present yourself in a way that makes it easy for your audience to say yes to what you're doing. Yeah, because you're representing yourself then the same way through everything that you're doing, your branding, the words that you're using, the design, it all has the same feel. They all work together for the one main goal instead of feeling kind of nilly-willy. Right. So who are your clients today? What type of businesses? They're primarily women-owned small businesses. Some are solopreneurs. Some have a small but growing team. I've worked with both product-based businesses and service-based businesses. I haven't niched to one or the other yet, but if they feel like a good fit for both of us, then we'll work together. Love it. Well, I have to say right off the bat as I, well, you and I met a little while back, so I got a feel for your style and you gave me some input, which was really valuable on one of my websites. So that was Awesome. awesome. But in preparation for this call, I went over and I was really looking at your site and oh my gosh, I could sit there forever because it's so pretty. Oh, thank you. And the colors (laughs) are so calm and peaceful. I actually thought your candle color was going to be like a sage green or something. (laughs) That would be an on-brand color for sure. Yeah, but you definitely demonstrate the type of class and professionalism that I'm sure then you present to your clients. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I love it. So Gift Biz listeners, you definitely ought to look at her site. And we'll talk about that near the end of the show and in the show notes and all of that. But I just wanted to stay, <laughs> say that up front. 
But so I always like to think of the people who are listening to the podcast, Lindsay, and get into the types of information that is going to be most important for them based on where they are right now. So I'd like to start off with talking just a short time about branding overall, what that means and why it's important. Branding can be a really confusing and misunderstood concept for small businesses, especially if they're not in a marketing field or a design field. So for makers and people who really get their hands dirty and their heart involved in what they're doing and crafting these things, it can be really difficult to create a brand. Like, what is a brand and what should my brand be? One of the easiest ways to think about your brand is to think about how do you want people to think about your business? So think about your audience, who you're serving, who you are crafting for, who you are making your products for. How do you want them to perceive you? We can kind of break this down even more. Like what kind of colors do they love or what kind of colors would they feel mesh your products and your offers and how you present yourself online and really come at it from an audience focused view to create a brand. Does that make sense? Should we dig deeper? So tell me if I'm on track here. So if you are a company, I'm totally making this up just by way of example, and you make very delicate necklaces. So you're appealing to a woman, kind of feminine, so not big, bulky, chunky necklaces, but more the delicate style. Your brand colors then could be many different choices, of course, but would be more like pinks and aqua, maybe a little gray versus bright red, black and dark brown or something. Yes, exactly. And maybe the font or the typography you use is either a really pretty, like a hand-drawn or a calligraphy script, or it's really thin letters, nothing chunky or heavy, because then it reflects the products that you're making. And it just makes sense to your audience that your logo or your website or your Etsy shop would reflect the same kind of design that you're doing in your products. Got it. Yeah. So it all starts with your customer. So who it is, also by age, I'm thinking. Yeah. So your style, if you attracted and served more senior people versus children, let's say, they'd be Mm -hmm. dramatically different or just even adults versus children. So it all starts with your audience then. It does. And it also includes a lot of what you like to as a person, Mm -hmm. because if you're a maker, you're deeply invested in your business as a personal investment or a personal brand. So it's kind of a mix of what you like and what you feel represents your business and then what your audience can relate to as well. Okay. So colors the font styles. And I have to say, once I narrowed in on the several fonts, I have three primary fonts that I use. It just Mm -hmm. becomes so much easier because when you're doing graphics or, you know, now I have someone who does a lot of my like Facebook ads and all that, they know what fonts to use. You know, we don't have to go through that anymore. That's all set. And it's consistent. Consistency is so huge when it comes to your brand. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. All right. And anything else in terms of the brand that we should be talking about specifically for this area, you know, when we're talking websites and copy and all of that, because of course, brand goes into how you interact with your customers, client experiences, all of that. We don't have to get into all of that here. We're just talking right now, the scope, what we're covering here. Is there anything else we should add in here? 
I would probably just highlight that idea of consistency. So once you decide, once you have done your research and you figure out what would be the best, either through trial and error or whatever seems to work for you, choose those things and then stick with them because your audience will then recognize your brand through what you post and how you create your graphics and what you say on social media. So the brand recognition will play a big role in helping you grow once you create that foundation. Okay, so let's take this a step further so that it's yeah. very actionable for our listeners. So let's pretend like we were to create from scratch a brand story, okay? And that brand story is gonna be like the template that you use. How many colors should there be? This is kind of up to personal opinion, but I would recommend about five colors, but three of them are your primary colors. Two to three of them are your primary colors. You can have supporting shades of those colors that you might use in graphics, but pick two to three complementary colors for your brand. Okay. All right. That sounds good. And by saying that, we don't mean Kelly Green. We mean a hex number color. Yes. Right? Right. So talk a little bit about where people could go and look at all their colors as they're making a choice. Because we're going to let people then go off after this and actually create their brand package. So where would someone go to look at all the hex colors? One of my favorite sites is called Design Seeds. Okay. It's design and then a dash seeds. And this website has a lot of color swatches that are based off of images. So they take one picture and then they pull all of the colors from that image and add the hex code. So they've got about five colors on each image and you can see them right off the bat that they go together. They're complementary. they're beautiful. And you can kind of sense the vibe of the picture and what it would look like in your brand. Oh, I love that. It's really fun. That's perfect because that's a professional site that then has already figured it out for you. You just go in, look at which colors. Again, you got to start with who your customer is, right? Mm -hmm. What's going to align with your product and your customer, but then what else you like naturally are attracted to. And then there you go. You've got your five colors. Yes. So it's a very good site that they're curating these resources and it's just beautiful. It's visually beautiful to just scroll through all of the pictures that they've curated. Oh, I may just have to look at that when I'm eating lunch or something, (laughs) just for fun. (laughs) But I'm not tempted to change. My brand colors are done. No, don't change. Don't change, Sue. (laughs) (laughs) Those are done. (laughs) So Gift Biz listeners, that's the first thing is you can go right there. How exciting. Look at all these colors. And if you pick new brand colors and you're part of my Facebook group, Gift Biz Breeze, come show us what you've chosen. That would be really fun to share with everybody who's over there. Oh, and if you're not a member of Gift Biz Breeze, just jump in, search for it, request to join, and then you'll be part of our group. I need to do that. Yeah, come hang out. (laughs) Yeah, I'll come. We have a great group going on there. Awesome. So that's that. Okay, so now let's talk about the fonts. Okay. Two or three fonts. Is that too little, too many? What do you think there? I think that's good. Typically, you want two to three fonts. One for your primary, either logo or all your main headlines and your graphics. Those should be really consistent. You can have a supporting font for the body text. Mm -hmm. And then you could have also like a personality font. So one that is either kind of fun and bold or it's beautiful and handwritten, but it's one that you use more sparingly. One reason is typically these are harder to read. 
So you want your primary fonts to be really legible. You want them to be really easy to read, but you can also add in a third font that's more fun or more personality driven to kind of help your brand come alive. Got it. And I'm very happy to say that all three of my fonts fit all three of those categories. Oh, awesome. (laughs) And my third font, the one that's a little harder to read, is the one I use for my programs. Yeah. And so they're used in just very specific areas. Yes, they can highlight certain areas of content really well to bring attention to things, but it's not overboard. Right. Absolutely. And your point about legibility is really important, too, because at one point I tried using that font to write copy, and it just was a disaster in every Mm. way. So really good point there. Okay, Gift Biz listeners, this is how you build your brand, your visual portion of the brand, I guess I could say. Yes. We're not talking images right now at all. So just that part. So colors, fonts, and fonts, oh my gosh, you could just go to any of the font sites and look at all different types of fonts, right? Yeah. Google Fonts is like really easy and they have a lot to choose from. Creative Market is also another site that has premium fonts. So you have to pay for these to use them so you could purchase and download. But there's really fun ones to look through there too. Mm -hmm. And I would say the one that I use for my training course, I did buy. Yeah. And you can get it at no charge and download it to your computer. But I thought, and this is now, boy, I don't know, a few years ago, but I felt like if I'm going to make money off of a program that's including that specialty font, I just wanted to cover myself. I don't know if that's necessary or not. That's really smart. It's wise, very wise. I think it was, uh, it might've been like $150 or something like that. I don't know. Okay. But I just felt like way better that way than heaven forbid I came back and was challenged and had to redo like wherever that font was, was not worth it to me. (laughs) Yeah. And actually you can see the font in the podcast logo. This is the font that I'm talking about. So gift biz listeners, if you're on your phone or computer or whatever, and you can jump over and see the logo, that's the font I'm talking about. Oh, cool. The other thing about fonts is if you do end up buying one, you're far less likely to run across other shops that have the same fonts as you. Mm. Because if you just pull from Canva or some of these other, like Canva is an amazing tool. But if you get familiar with fonts, you'll see the common Canva script font everywhere. It's true. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. So if you would do find one and you want to invest. I mean, some fonts are only $20. So they can be really not cost prohibitive to buy a less common font. And then you're not seeing it everywhere. That's a really good point. Yeah. And you can still when you get a I know they're not called custom. I don't know what else you would call it, though. (laughs) But so because custom would be that someone is actually making a font for you. Yes. It's more like a premium font. So you have to pay for it. But you can also load those fonts into Canva. So if you already use Canva, that's fine. If you own that font, you can bring it in. I don't know how it's done. My graphic artist did it for me, but I know it can be done because they're all sitting there. Yes, it can. Yeah. Okay. So Gift Biz listeners, go build your brand portfolio, if you will, of the colors and the fonts if you don't already have something going. Yes. Okay. So... Branding, let's stop there because I also really want to talk with you, Lindsay, because you are such an expert on developing websites. And I don't know if it's because it's spring and it's in the air or what, but we have a lot of talking in our community right now about people building their websites. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And we'll get into this website discussion right after a word from our sponsor. 
This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of the Ribbon Print Company. Create custom ribbons right in your store or craft studio in seconds. Visit theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. First, let's go with, I'm trying to decide how we should start this here. Why should you have a website? Because if you're a product-based person and you're doing craft shows or that type of thing, why do you need a website? So there are several very good reasons to have a website. A website gives you more authority to your brand. People expect to be able to either Google you or find your address and take a look at what you are doing online. It's just one of the things of the day right now. People Mm -hmm. expect to be able to jump on some sort of online presence for your business, Mm -hmm. typically a website. And the other, probably my favorite or the most important for websites is that you own that space. So if you have a Facebook page, that is awesome. If you have an Etsy shop, that's amazing. But if you have your own website, you actually own that piece of land on the internet. You're not dependent on Facebook changing the algorithm again or what have you. You never know what the social media platforms are going to do. And the same with Etsy. Even though it is your shop, it's still not your platform. So by having your own website on your own platform, Squarespace, WordPress, there are several. I know there are several specific for makers too, like Big Cartel and a lot. Right. So you are speaking my language because I talk about this a lot too. And I don't know, let's talk about this just for a second, even though we don't recommend this. I do know that a lot of people, and let's face it, when you're a maker business, and you're starting your business, you also need to spend dollars and allocate money for materials. So investment is a little more challenging for a maker business. What if someone understanding that they need a website, absolutely understanding that, but for now, just to get something online to start building a community, understanding all of the risks started with Facebook. So we're going Mm -hmm. very basic. And I want to say this isn't what we would recommend, but we get reality. And you always want a Facebook page. So it's good to build it and have it there anyway. But is there anything visual you would suggest for Facebook? Like the imagery and like, what do you say there? Again, understanding that this is not your website. This is one of your social media platform presences. This is not a website. Yeah. If this is your only online presence for now, I just want to say that's awesome. Like, good job for starting somewhere. You don't always need to start with a website, especially if it's cost prohibitive for you or you're still validating your product idea or you are still gathering the audience to support your business and buy these products from you. By starting with Facebook, you will build that rapport. You will build an audience of followers and people who are supporting you. And then it makes it really logical to move to a website as your next step. But if Facebook is your platform right now, I would suggest highlighting your products in the photos that you share on your page and on your like the cover photo of Facebook. So the big main image, highlight what you're selling and how it helps the people who will buy it. Okay. And what about on the side where you talk about like about your business and all of that? Should you be focusing there on your product or who you are as the artist? Oh, that's a good question. So when it comes down to copy, it's always a mix. It's a mix of who you are, but it's also a focus on how your product can help your audience. So it's always audience focused, no matter if it's visuals or if it's your message, you always want to speak to how 
you can help and how they can see either a transformation or how your product will help make their life better or how it will solve this problem for them. So even though you're talking about yourself to make that human to human connection with your audience, you have to always bring them back into the circle, like loop back to how your product will help them. And I would imagine that would be copy for your posts too. Yep. And that helps you get away from having a site that just looks totally salesy. Here's my product. Here's my price. Yes. Okay, perfect. So I just wanted to make that point again, because I know that a lot of our audience, this is where they start because there isn't a big barrier to getting a Facebook page up. Right. Okay. So now let's get into the good stuff, which is websites, website development, and the platform that then you own. We've talked about why already. So it establishes authority for you. You are able to control everything about the website. But we're if we're just starting, and you had mentioned already a number of different types of platforms, you know, there are the Etsy shops, that type of thing. Let's just go with if you're custom designing, understanding that a lot of our audience might not be able to do that. But I think that's the best way we can talk about best practices. And then you can integrate as much as you can into whatever the platform is that you're using. Yes. Like the world is our oyster. What should it look like? What's the optimal? You've got a blank screen and you're going to build a website. (laughs) Where do you get started? But we have our color brand story, right? Because we already just made that. Yes, we do. So we do have that. Now what? All right. I'm going to describe two different paths that we could take. One path is WordPress and one path is Shopify. So Shopify is very popular for product-based businesses of every kind, every shape, every whatever it looks like. Makers and then just other manufactured products too. So Mm -hmm. Shopify is primarily an e-commerce site for selling products. WordPress, on the other hand, is good for both. So it can be a service-based business that also integrates an e-commerce shop, or it can just be an informational website that integrates an e-commerce shop. Mm -hmm. Actually, I have a website on both of these platforms. So it's perfect that we're talking about that. So Gift Biz listeners, if you have ever looked at the Ribbon Print Company website, that is a Shopify site. And then Gift Biz Unwrapped, where the podcast is, where I always send you, is a WordPress site. I think the important thing to mention about these sites too, Lindsay, is that if someone makes a sale or connects with you, you have all their contact information. That's what we talk about when you say you own a site. Yeah. Because there are like an Amazon site, Etsy is still like this, I'm pretty sure. When you make a sale, you don't get all that information so that you can continue to communicate with them unless you're doing it through their site. That's dangerous. Right. I believe Etsy still does not let you email your customers or collect their email addresses in a different kind of management system. So if you have a thousand people who've purchased from you and you have the emails in your Etsy, I don't believe you're allowed to take those emails and like send them a newsletter. I could be wrong, but I don't think... I know you weren't able to and I just didn't know if anything had changed. Not that I'm aware of now. Yeah, I don't think so. So a lot of people, best practices, who do have an Etsy site might have gone on there for search capabilities. You know, now there's Amazon Handmade and all of that. Also still have another platform. So it's this other platform, which is what we're going to talk about because that's the optimal solution. Okay, so back to WordPress and Shopify. 
So Shopify is great for product specific, really. WordPress, you're saying, is both product and service. Yep. It's more dual purpose WordPress. Mm -hmm. Okay. Shopify is going to be the easier one for you to get set up on. WordPress has a learning curve for the tech that makes it a little more challenging. But when it comes to weighing Shopify and WordPress, you still have more functionality and potential in a WordPress site. So there's more potential, but it's harder to get started. And can you just make a point about WordPress.com versus WordPress.org? Yes. I was wondering if we should bring that up. (laughs) Yeah, we should. (laughs) (laughs) So WordPress.com is not self-hosted. So if you start a website and you purchase a domain, so your website name, and you get it set up, you're not going to be able to make a shop on WordPress.com. You need the WordPress.org self-hosted WordPress to do a shop. And if we lose you with that, don't worry about that for now. Just when you're thinking about this, if you're thinking WordPress, it needs to be WordPress.org, not WordPress.com. That's all you yes. really need to know right now because you can't add shopping carts and all of that to the .com. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> I should say that all of you listeners can feel free to reach out for more clarification on that because it is a beast and it confuses so many people. Why they are the same name, I don't know, but they are. <laughs> I think there only used to be WordPress.com when blogs started because that's what everyone used to start blogging. Yeah, yeah. And then when a website evolved into e-commerce, there was still WordPress.com. That's my guess anyway. Total guess. Total shot in the dark. Yes. So if you're going to do a shop, WordPress.org is your ticket. Okay. So some type of a platform where for sure you are able to capture your purchaser's contact information is super important. So once you pick your platform, where do you want to take it from here, Lindsay? When you pick your platform, you'll want to pick a theme to go along with your shop. So a theme helps you... It's basically a template for your website design and Shopify and WordPress both have free and premium themes that you can then purchase and customize to your branding. So you can customize it to the logo, your colors, your fonts. Again, Shopify is going to be more straightforward and easier to get going right off the bat as far as a design and a setup, but they follow a similar idea. WordPress is just a little more complicated. Okay. And then, so we have a theme. You go to these websites and there's this beautiful flow to the pages. Like, how do I know what I should be putting on the website? I make, what do I make? I make candles, Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) Are you surprised at that answer? So surprised. (laughs) So where do you get started on the content and what am I going to put on this website and into this theme? Yeah. So let's just focus on content for a little bit. Your content is going to be your pictures, so your imagery. It's going to be your words, the text and the copy that you write to put on your site. It's going to include product listings. It's probably going to include a little snippet about you as the maker, a picture and a mini bio, essentially. It's going to make it really easy for the customer to understand that you want them to click on a product and learn more about it and then hopefully add it to cart and continue the checkout process. And then you'll also want an easy way for people to connect with you or to follow you on social media. 
Okay, I'm writing all of these down. <laughs> <laughs> and social media. Okay, so here's the list that you just gave us in terms. So I guess we could call this, these are the elements that will need to be included. Yeah, so think of like a homepage for a shop. These would be essential or good to have elements of content for a homepage. Okay, so you said imagery, the words, obviously, product listings, which could be subpages, right? It's not all necessarily on the homepage. Right. For product listings. Say maybe featured products or products you want people to notice right away. Or could you put the products into like one of those first images? So I mean, people definitely have to know what you're making. When they land on the page, they have to understand why they're there. Yes. And I think that's probably obvious that because as makers, your product is everything, right? So that's probably pretty obvious. About you with a picture of you, I think is super important. I heard somewhere that the about page is the most read page of any website. Mm, Yeah. And I almost feel like now even more so because people want to know the story behind who they're buying from. They really want to feel a connection to that person. So how much of a story do you talk about how you got involved in what you're making? Do you do a resume? I don't think so, maybe. I wouldn't suggest a resume. No. Going back to what we touched on briefly earlier, even though your copy or your words They're all about you, especially your about page, because people are going to that page clearly to learn more about the person behind the brand. So even though it's all about you, you want to think about how every piece of the story that you share might connect with your audience and what they'll be able to relate with or feel a connection to. So whether that is how you are doing this as you raise a family or you are doing this as you're working a nine to five Some of these things are going to resonate with the audience that you are attracting. So consider how your story relates to their story. Got it. That makes sense. And it can include a lot of your background, like how you got started. It can still include a lot of logistical things, Mm -hmm. but don't make it like, don't make it the Lindsay show because people won't read through the Lindsay show. So I did this and I did that and then I did this and then I got this award and then I, but you could say something like, I was so honored to get this award. It shows that the quality of my work and what I'm providing you is top notch. And like, yeah, so you bring it back that way. So there's ways to say certain things, but just not the focus on you. Yes, because if you have those pieces of social proof, like awards or testimonials, absolutely share them because people depend on social proof these days. They don't want to just take your word for it. They want to know that your clients and your customers are exceedingly happy too. So those are absolutely valid. But just remember to always loop back to your audience and what they might connect with. Perfect. Okay. And then definitely put your social media icon so people know where to follow you there. I agree. Testimonials you just touched on, super important. Yeah, actually add that to the list because that is very important for a homepage to have testimonials and social proof. On the homepage. I think so, yeah. If you have space. If it doesn't make it look crowded. You can also have them on individual product pages too. The testimonials and social proof. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Gift Biz listeners, I just want to remind you of an episode we did just a short time back, and we talked about reviews and how important they are. And I will link in the show notes. I don't recall specifically what episode number that was, but it's a whole additional way of attracting sales that we often forget about. And Lindsay is so right on when she's talking about the fact that reviews and testimonials will sell your product better than you ever can. So that third-party proof is golden. So yes, I've added that to our list. Another thing I want to talk about that you brought up, we talked about the functionality and the elements on the website. Talk about easy navigation. And when I think about easy navigation, that means being able to find what you're looking for easily and also like page load times and all of that. Yeah, navigation is important. The menu on the top is typically going to be near your logo. And it's really important to have everything lined up in a way that makes sense. So you may only want to have up to five main navigation tabs on that menu and then maybe have drop downs for the kinds of products that you offer. And here's the thing about either the WordPress platform or Shopify is you can start out with just a few things and grow it over time. So you may only have one or two navigation dropdowns to start with, and then you just build on top of there. Yeah, you might only have one shop button to bring you to one primary product. And that's amazing. Just highlight that and drive the fact home that you just want everyone to take action on that one product. Got it. How do you feel about blog articles or anything like that as part of the website? I think that's another personal brand choice. Blogs can be really good for SEO. So it can boost how your site shows up on Google for people searching keywords related to your product. So if you sell candles and you write blog posts about how candles might be used in a home for decor, you may rank because Google will put more weight on your site because of those keywords. How to properly light a candle so that you get the most burn time. What are the best types of candles in terms of wicks, material of the wicks? Like if you think, and I don't even make candles, I just love candles, but I'm just (laughs) thinking about different ideas just to get our listeners thinking of different types of topics that a blog article could be. Because that also presents you as an authority in your topic. If you're the artist of any type of a material or product, then by sharing how to use it, the benefits of the product, all of those things just increase your credibility and authority. Yes. And it'll help educate your audience too. And by having a more informed audience, they'll be more likely to buy from you because you're giving them value apart from just selling a product. Okay. I'm thinking of other elements to a website. How do you feel about if you're brick and mortar, you would want your location? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. What about phone numbers and contact forms? Yes? No? A contact form is important, not necessarily on the homepage, but at least a separate contact page. Mm-hmm. Maybe an email address to reach you at. Just a way for someone to reach out if they have a question about, say, a custom order or something that they purchased in the past to really make it easy for customers to communicate with you will help that customer experience so they always have a good experience with your company. You know, that's a good point. It's bringing up something that happened to me way in the beginning when I started this podcast. 
now people come to me and want to be on the show or I'm reaching out to certain people that I'm interested mm-hmm. in, et cetera. But in the beginning, I was, apart from people that I knew I wanted on the show because I already knew that they were experts in their field, there would be people like maybe there was an Etsy shop that I really saw rocking it or I'm on Instagram, you know, it leads me somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have a further conversation with that business to see if they had a story that would work and be good for the show, right? Yeah. And there were a couple of businesses that I was interested in talking to. And when I went to their website, I had no way to contact them. Oh, no. Yeah. I was shocked. So dead end. Dead end. So I'm like, okay, I have no more time to waste. (laughs) You know, I wasn't even thinking Instagram direct messages then, but automatically what that said to me, they're not professional enough for me to be highlighting them as a person on the show. There was automatically, it was like, Okay, moving on. That is a very good point. Yeah, and I didn't even bring that up. It just came to me while we were talking about contact forms, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and all of that just shows your level of professionalism, too, when you have all of these different elements available. You want to make it as easy for the customer to feel comfortable with you, which has to do with what you're talking about in terms of consistency, Mm -hmm. right? Ease of being able to navigate the platform and then having the things that are necessary so they see you as a professional. Yes. And also a professional who cares about them. Mm, Yeah. I'm just assuming this, but if you went to those websites and they didn't have any way to contact them, you'd be like, well, they don't really care about me reaching out. Right. That's the impression you get. I don't think that it's intentional. Right. But that's what happened. So that's why it's good for us to go through these things. So if you guys are thinking of putting together websites and you're doing it right now, because I know a bunch of you are, I'll go over this list one more time, but consider all of these elements and make sure you've touched on each and every one of them or you plan to. To your point about just get something up. Don't just stall either, right? Yeah. Okay. So here, let me go through the list real quick and then we'll move on. So what we talked about was obviously the content is going to be a mix of images and words. This is in no particular order, mind you. Product listings, your about page with a picture, again, with the emphasis of why that's important to whoever's reading it. Easy navigation, connections. I think connections might have meant the contact form, to be quite honest. Okay, yep. So either a link to it or somewhere easy for them to find a contact form. Mm -hmm. Contact forms, if you have a brick and mortar, the address of the location so people can come in, of course, and testimonials. So those are just initial touch points of everything that you should have on the site. You also should make sure that it's easy to load. So have you ever been on a site where you get on there and the little ball is rolling forever? Mm -hmm. And like after two seconds, you're out of there. Yeah, that has a lot to do with your images. So if you load full resolution pictures onto your website, that can slow it down. If you can optimize them or make them smaller without degrading quality, it will help with low time. Perfect. Okay. So if anyone's having a challenge, that doesn't mean that you can't use those images. You just adjust them to be smaller in size is all. Yes. Okay. Perfect. And what do you think about video? Video is a great way for your audience to connect with you as a person. It is the fastest way for them to connect with you as a person. Some people are comfortable with video and some people aren't so comfortable with video. So that's kind of up to you. But if you want to stretch yourself and get out of your comfort zone, there are many ways you could use video. You could do a quick introduction of yourself. You could do a quick behind the scenes of your space, like where you actually make your products or a quick how-to video, how to use whatever you're making. This is also good for social media too. So you could 
put it on your website and also use it on social. And you could also have pictures of you actually making the product. Yes. And that doesn't even need to show your face, you know, if you're anxious about that. You can be talking behind the camera and just doing whatever you're making. Mm -hmm, Like a demonstration video. Mm -hmm. So video, if you can, I think motion and interest is helpful. And I know that the longer you someone stays on your website, the better you start ranking in Google Mm -hmm. and all of that. So the longer you can keep people on it, is best. And that's by having your viewer have a good experience and wanting yes. to keep seeing more and knowing more. Yes. Okay. So again, I'm sitting as somebody who doesn't have a website yet. And I'm thinking this is way overwhelming. How would I ever do this? Let's talk about options about how you can get it built. So you, one option is you just decide you're going to dive in and figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What other options? What if someone doesn't have time for that and they do have a little bit of money? Who would you look for to help build a site? Someone with experience in products is helpful. And then someone with experience in the platform of your choice is helpful. So if you go with Shopify, having someone familiar with Shopify will get it done faster and more efficiently. Same thing for WordPress. A lot of designers and developers have probably and likely dabbled in all of them. So if your shop isn't really complicated and you just want to get it up and running and sell a handful of products, it's probably not going to be too difficult to find someone to help you make that happen. Okay. Would it make sense for you to look at a few of the sites that they've made just to see if you like their style and what their output is? Absolutely. That's always so helpful to see what kind of work they produce. Okay. Do you think that different designers kind of sway to one style or another? Or do you think a designer will do like all different types of styles? Depending on if they specialize in a certain design, may or may not. My own personal style is more like towards white space and minimal. So it's not really busy for the eye and makes a really friendly user experience and some people's style is like heavy on the graphics and busier to be more like exciting and graphically designed so Mm -hmm. depending on what your style is what your product is who your audience is it'll determine what kind of design your website should lean towards right again going back to the customer yeah you're consistent too Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) that's always about that customer there you go how long does it take to get a site up? I know it varies, but just as a bracketed timeline for someone thinking. Oh, man. I mean, not a crazy complicated one. Someone who already has some images. So here's my guess is if you have your images, if you have your branding and your logo, you have all the content ready to go. It won't take someone long who's familiar with like Shopify to get a site up. So it may take a couple weeks for ping-ponging back and forth to make sure everything is up to standard and you're satisfied with the results. It could be a couple of months depending on the queue of the designer that you want to work with. But getting a site up can happen pretty quick. Kind of all depends on what content you have ready and what you need to still prepare. Right. I'm going to ask you another unfair question. Sorry. You can go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Price ranges. And I know this is all over the board. It is all over the board. I mean, you could find someone to do it for a couple hundred dollars, someone who's new, who doesn't have as much experience, or it can range up into the thousands. 
So it really does depend on who you find and then also what your shop needs. So what functionality you need to sell your products. That's a good point. And that may be the first step, even before you go out looking, is to even write down and think about, okay, bare minimum, what do you need? You yeah. know, here are the pages you need. You're going to have 12 products to start. You want an about page. You've got some testimonials. Because then you can much easier even discuss with somebody what you're looking at. Yes. And people may have a set package for like a Shopify website development where they list out the max number of pages they'll do for you for a certain price. But mm -hmm. if, I, if you at least have that general idea of how many product listings you need and how many pages you want and how like the payment processors you can take. So if you're going to take PayPal or if you're going to take Stripe and all these things, if you at least have an idea for yourself, it's easier to go into a discovery call or to email someone back and forth to see what they might do to help you without having to start from scratch. Right. Well, and we already did the brand package earlier in the show. So that's yes. all done too. There you go. You didn't even know you were starting to develop a website and you are just right in this show. How's that? <laughs> it's awesome. What would you say to somebody who's now thinking they don't have a site or maybe they're using their Facebook page and they're like, okay, now I get it. I can still have my page, but it's time. It's time for me to develop a website. What are your words of advice to that person? I would recommend, honestly, doing a Google search and at least familiarizing yourself with the different platforms and what they can do for you, the price points of the packages per month, because those all vary depending on what you need. Mm -hmm. So like Shopify has several tiers of pricing depending on what your shop needs. WordPress will always be a monthly fee for your hosting, but then the additional plugins to actually create the e-commerce piece are going to cost more upfront than it would be per month like Shopify. And then other options like big commerce and, oh, I might have said that wrong. I don't know if it's big commerce. There's big cartel. There's several others and they mm -hmm. all just have different price points. Okay. All right. Perfect. And I think when you start thinking about an investment in a website, it feels like it's just money going out. But the point is you're investing in your business so that you're going to make sales and money is going to come in. Yes. And I feel like I have to say this, and this is a whole nother topic. But the other thing is once you've got your website up, then you have to promote and bring people to the website. Just because you get a website up, even if it's optimized, you can't just then sit back and think people are going to come. You always have to drive people to your website. That's like your home base mm -hmm. is what a website is. And there was a guy, Lindsay, in my Chamber of Commerce, shout out to Larry Bloom, who had the best phrase. He says, your website is one of your best employees because it's 24-7. Yes. It's always working for you. So it's worth making an investment. Yes, I agree. Just don't think if you're looking at building and you're hearing what Lindsay's saying about the monthly charges and all of that, mm -hmm. the whole point is to invest so that you're going to make money, not just that you're throwing money out. And a website really is an investment for the long game. You can't expect a quick return, but as you build your audience and you direct traffic to it and you increase marketing efforts, your website will be that best salesperson for your business. It's just you're in it for the long game when you have a website. Yep. And when you do it right, then when someone purchases, you have that customer information. So then you work on retaining that customer. Repeat sales. Yes. Beautiful. 
Okay, Lindsay, excellent. I am so excited about this episode because I wasn't expecting us to like put together brands for people. Like I love that part of the show. That was great. Yeah, I love that almost <laughs> the very most of everything. But in terms of what we need to be including on the websites, that's so helpful. So I really appreciate that. And in exchange, I would like to offer you a virtual gift. This is a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. So this is for yourself personally or your business or wherever you want to go with this, Lindsay. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What's inside your box? So the contents of this box is a bigger Verity & Co. So Verity & Co. is my business right now. And I can see it becoming bigger. So more people to help with design, more people to help with websites and more people to help with this messaging so we can serve more makers, more product businesses, more service-based businesses in a way that helps these brands create and maintain impact and legacy. So all the things, my brain is like swirling thinking about this, (laughs) like this content of this box. (laughs) Yay. All the things, all All the the things. things. Yes. Wonderful. And there's white space in there too. Yes. That's your brand. (laughs) Yes. I think that's why I resonate with you so much because I like all the white space too. I like the color, but the light and airy white space part. Yeah. And Honestly, white space also is like a part of my life. I don't want my business to be all consuming and I really want to create a business that fits into my life. So into the white space of my life. And I know a lot of listeners and a lot of businesses and entrepreneurs can relate to that. Instead of becoming so consumed with your business, you want it to in a way serve you so you can serve other people better. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that's kind of how I see the growth of my business happening side by side in tandem with like white space in my life. Love it. In my family. Yeah. And when you keep an eye on that concept, then it's kind of like you protect that and you build it in as you were just talking about. Yes, that's the goal. It doesn't always happen, but it's the goal. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Okay, so on the show notes page, we're going to have all of your social media contacts, your link to your website, etc. But if you were to send somebody to one location so they could learn more about you, where would that be? That would be my website, which is verityandco.com. You can learn about my services, about me as a person. I have a couple of freebies on there. So as a gift to the listeners, they can download a free training on five writing strategies to write a better website. So if they are really feeling bogged down with the content of the website that they're working on or might work on in the future, this is an email training that will help with writing all that content. Oh my gosh, that is fabulous. Thank you. Yes. So gift is listeners. I already told you how much I love her website. So you just have to go over no matter what and take a look (laughs) at her style and the design and all that. And then go look for that freebie because I know it'll help you out. I'm going to go look for it. You'll see a download from me very shortly. Awesome. (laughs) It's at the bottom of the homepage. So you don't have to go far. Okay. Wonderful. Perfect. Lindsay, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time, sharing your knowledge. You've given us some great direction here that I know is going to help everybody. So on behalf of me and my listeners, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Sue. It was a pleasure and an honor. Oh my gosh, you guys. I seriously had no idea where this interview was going to go. And I'm smiling here right now about all the fabulously actionable information we covered in this episode. 
With Lindsay's direction, you can now create your very own brand portfolio today. If you need to, listen to this all over again with a pen and paper in hand. All the links will be in the show notes page over at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash Verity and Co. So that's giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash V-E-R-I-T-Y-A-N-D-C-O. Compare that website list against what you already have up or use it as a guideline as you're bidding on and building your own site. And since it's summer, this is really a great time to get your online presence the best that it can possibly be as we head into the holiday season. We were also talking near the end about the fact that once you build your website, you still need to talk about it and lead people over there. Up next week, I'm bringing onto the podcast someone who specializes in email marketing. And running a proper email marketing campaign leads people directly over to your website. So these two episodes play hand in hand. Definitely make sure to join us again next week. To ensure that this happens, go over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you definitely won't miss it. And until then, make it a great one. Bye for now. Are you discouraged because your business is not performing as you had envisioned? Are you stuck and confused about how to turn things around? Sue's new best-selling book is structured to help you identify where the holes are in your business and show you exactly how to fix them. You'll learn from Sue and owners just like you who are seeing real growth and are living their dream. Maker to master. Find and fix what's not working in your small business. Get it on Amazon or through www.giftbizunwrapped.com master.